If you've read section 4.2, you've already seen the analytical approach we use in this section to analyze pressure waves. Specifically, consider a small segment of the medium. Specifically, we consider a small segment of the medium in which the wave propagates, and then we use Newton's second law to set the sum of the forces on that segment equal to the acceleration of the segment divided by its mass. You can see how this works in figure 4.4. A mechanical source, such as a moving piston, pushes on a segment of material that's initially at equilibrium. The action of that piston causes the segment to move to the right and to compress. Notice that the segment's cross-sectional area, A, remains the same, but the segment's length, and therefore its volume, is reduced. So what's the displacement caused by a wave in this case? Remember that in wave theory, the word displacement just means disturbance from equilibrium, and it doesn't necessarily refer to a physical displacement. So for a pressure wave, a so-called displacement, which we'll denote with the Greek letter psi, could mean a density disturbance or a pressure disturbance, or it could mean a physical displacement in the longitudinal direction, that is, in the direction of the wave's motion. In this section, we analyze the wave motion as a longitudinal position disturbance, but you should look carefully at the plots in any textbook you're using to see which aspect of the disturbance is being considered. Just as we considered only vertical motion and small angles in the previous section on string waves, in this case, we're considering only longitudinal displacement and small disturbances of the pressure and density of the medium. Before we begin applying Newton's second law to this situation, there are a few concepts and some terminology that we think you're going to find helpful. The first is the idea that we can write the incremental change in pressure produced by the wave as dp, so the pressure at any location is capital P equals capital P0 plus dp, where capital P0 is the equilibrium pressure. Likewise, if we write the incremental density change as d rho, the density at any location is rho equals rho 0 plus d rho, where rho 0 is the equilibrium density. These incremental changes in the medium, dp and d rho, are related to the equilibrium density rho zero through a parameter called the bulk modulus of the material. The bulk modulus is defined as the ratio of the pressure change dp to the fractional change in density d rho over rho zero. You can see that definition in equation 4.7. Bulk modulus is a measure of a material's resistance to volume compression and the units of bulk modulus are pascals. Hard materials like metals have bulk moduli of billions or hundreds of billions of pascals. Now look at figure 4.5, which shows the pressure on each end of the segment. If you recall that force equals pressure times area, you should understand why the forces acting on the segment are P1A acting in the positive x direction and P2A acting in the negative x direction. The sum of those forces equals the segment's mass times its x-acceleration, as shown in equation 4.9. If you now write the segment's mass as its density rho times its volume, adx, and you write the acceleration as d squared psi dt squared, after a little bit of mathematical manipulation shown in the text, equation 4.9 leads to equation 4.10. With a little more manipulation, that leads to equation 4.11, which you probably recognize as a form of the classical wave equation. 
If you compare equation 411 to the classical wave equation from previous chapters, you should be able to see that the rho zero divided by k term in front of the time derivative represents 1 over v squared. So in this case, the wave speed is the square root of k over rho zero as shown in equation 412. As expected, the wave speed depends on the elastic property k, that is the bulk modulus, and the inertial property rho zero, the volume mass density of the medium. The last portion of this section is an example in which this analysis is applied to sound waves in air. As you've seen if you've looked at that example, we start by rewriting equation 412 in terms of dp and d rho, which makes it a little easier to apply the adiabatic gas law equation 414. As explained in the text, this assumes that the wave compression and rarefaction is an adiabatic process happening so fast that the segments do not have time to transfer energy by heat before the next half cycle of the wave arrives. That's a reasonable assumption for sound waves, and it leads to an expression for wave speed that says V is equal to the square root of gamma P over rho, where gamma is the ratio of specific heats at constant pressure and constant volume. Inserting typical values for gamma, air pressure P, and air density rho gives a wave speed that turns out to be about 340 meters per second. That compares very favorably to the measured speed of sound in air. In the next section, you can read about the energy and power contained in mechanical waves.